Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 29 of A Couple of Crews podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Morgan, and I am joined by my all-time favorite co-host, Colin. Say hi, Colin. Hi, everybody. So, I know this is coming out a little late, but it was the New Year's, New Year. New Year, New Year's yeah. weekend, and we had some fun and had some plans. Get so. off our back. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Someone's feeling a little... Just climb down out of our ass. Someone's feeling a little testicles this morning. <laughs> Might be all the alcohol we ingested last night. I had one drink. I had a couple. You had two and we're <laughs> goofy off your ass because you're a little lightweight. We played a game called Blockbuster where we had to guess movies. And it was... And it was... Colin and I did good. We did we, pretty good. We yeah. won. And there are some that, thank God, Colin and I share like a brain, the, cell. A brain cell. Because... <clears throat> you were given bad tips at times, but by golly, I was able to get you there. The answer... To this particular question was, you know, quote it. The movie was Lawrence of Arabia. I've never seen it. And you said, I'm a guy with camels. <laughs> I looked right at him. I'm a man with camels. And I was like, uh, uh, Lawrence of Arabia? And you're like, yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my, oh my God, yes! God. I'm like, oh, wow, all right. And I had to act one out, and it was Hellraiser. And I, I mean, It wasn't act out, it was quote. It was quote it, yeah. And I looked at him and went... I come from down under and gave him an Australian accent for some reason. <laughs> and he, this man looked Instead me in the of, eye. Because I could have very well said, like, uh, I said Kangaroo Jack. Uh, Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. I know. But this man, my husband. I, the first thing I said was Hellboy. My husband looked me straight in the eye and went, Hellraiser. I was like, <gasps> yes. yes! Makes me think, have you seen the movie uh, Four Christmases? Yeah. <laughs> with with <laughs> yeah. John Favreau, and I can't think of that actress's name, but she was in uh, Mike and Molly. Yeah, as what? Molly's sister. <laughs> Screensaver. He's like, you and me dry humping on a beach. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> what you keep on your bedside table? A sock. Yes. yes. <laughs> what is it, the capital of China? Uh, yeah. Hong Kong. Uh, yes. yes. Which I love because that is not the capital <laughs> of China. That's not the camel. Or the, That's the not the camel. camel. That's not the capital of China. <laughs> what is the one that she says? Uh, the only the person. Only, yeah, the only man that I can that I'm allowed to cheat on you with. with. He goes, John Grisham. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fucking author. Yes. yes. But yeah, so Colin and I were feeling each other last night. I come from down under. <laughs> Mexican Hellraiser. <laughs> Mexican dude is one of her tips. And he's like, I don't remember who he says. Yeah. Uh, it's an athlete and I can't think of who it is. But either way, it's just like, that's her whole Mexican dude. dude. Yeah. He just nails it. Yes. Yes, yes baby. <laughs> so that was Colin and I last night. And I tell you what, the people we were playing against were impressed and also intimidated by the fact that I could just go, I'm a man with camels. Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia. Duh. Get that easy shit get out of here. Get that shit out of here. And in the game, if you get your three right, you can go on to the... And start uh, stealing theirs. Stealing theirs. That's where we got Hellraiser from. Yeah. Well, no, Hellraiser was ours. No, Hellraiser was theirs. Was it? I thought, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because our acted out that I did, which got us to that side, and that's when I picked, was E.T. Yeah, and, and all just I just did the finger. All I did was point my finger at him, and he's like... E.T. E.T. Yeah, because yeah, we had... Uh, Mean Girls, Lawrence of Arabia, and E.T., and yeah. then we stole their Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. We did pretty good. We did. All of that to say, we're doing a podcast we're right now. We're doing a podcast right now. Sorry. <laughs> the we... podcast is not about what we did last night. No. I was just excited because <laughs> even with alcohol, I mean, every time our round came around, Colin would have to like touch my I'm face like, yeah, and look at me and go, I need together. you look to zone me. in at me. And I'm like, I am fine. I'm fine. Well, you're not fine. Your cheeks are fucking red. I'm fine. But either way, we kicked ass and I'm proud of it. But back to the more important things at hand. Yes. We're talking about Eastern State Penitentiary today. Excellent. Are you ready? I am. Are you excited? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm moderately. I'm, I don't know. We'll figure it out as the story goes on. <laughs> I am simply whelmed. Okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, Eastern State Penitentiary is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It is, a well, it is well known for several reasons. It was one of the most expensive prisons ever built in the world and utilized a radical philosophy. It housed some of America's most notorious criminals, and it is said to be the most haunted prison in the country. How's that shit? <laughs> well, all right, man. <laughs> the idea of a new type of prison system came about in 1787, just four years after the, Amer- the American Revolution was over. When important men were gathered at the home of Benjamin Franklin to discuss prison reform, at the time the Walnut Street Jail was located directly behind Independence Hall. And the conditions there were terrible. Men, women, and children who had committed all manner of crimes from petty theft to murder were jailed together in what amounted to little more than dirty pens, which were overcrowded, disease-ridden, cold, dangerous, and generally unsupervised. Dirty pens. Dirty pens. Like a couple of pigs. Sweet. Sweet. (laughs) Anyway. Abuse by both jailers and fellow inmates was common, and food, heat, clothing, or protection was only provided if the inmate could afford the price. Sexual abuse, robbery, and beatings were common practices, and it wasn't unusual for prisoners to die from cold or starvation. Off to a good start. Yeah, right. So far, so good. So far, so good. These abuses led to the formation of the Philadelphia Society of Elevating the the Miseries of Public Prisons. That word tripped me up for some reason. Miseries was the Miseries one that was, was me up. the word that was tripping me up this morning. I did want to clarify. Last week I said that Eastern State was where Shawshank was filmed. That was in Mansfield, Ohio. I'm sorry, I thought it, it was, was in Mansfield. Mansfield Penitentiary. And I told you that this morning. You did. Because I said, I've been to Mansfield. It's technically, it's called the Ohio State Reformatory. Yeah. That's what the prison's called. The old name was Mansfield Prison. But I've actually toured it. <clears throat> And when you're going through the tour, because there's like four different tours you can do, one of them is going through like the set that was obviously left behind when they yeah. filmed Shawshank, yeah. and it shows you the cells and the shank, the shank. It shows you the cells and like all the actors and staff yeah. or the crew yeah. sign the cell, which yeah. was really cool. The so I read that. Back to this, they met at Benjamin Franklin's house to discuss improvements and alternatives. One member, a prominent Philadelphia physician and signer of the Declaration of Independence named Benjamin Rush, called for a house of repentance rather than prisons, where the name penitentiary came from. Rush proclaimed that radical change was needed and believed that crime was a moral disease. You know what? I have never once thought about the word penitentiary, but yeah, it's your penance. Mm-hmm. I taught you something this you morning. You did, yeah. That doesn't you always teach me you. something. Yeah, about true crime. Yeah. Every Saturday night, usually. <laughs> That's fair. We do a whole podcast weekly about, like, you know, the, the ethereal, the paranormal, the true crime stuff. And the thing that perks me up the most is etymology of a word. I never knew I that. I never thought about where penitentiary comes from. And if anyone knows Colin, 
you would understand why that's what excited him. <laughs> Before we get back on track, this man loves weird knowledge and facts. He could Jeopardy is his favorite thing. And for Christmas, I thought his mom was going to strangle me because she had to go through this with him as a kid. <laughs> yeah, because you got me the book of facts. I bought him a book of facts. I think it was called like the book of the big book of unusual facts or something like that. Yeah. And when he was a kid. Yeah, he, it is the book of unusual knowledge. It's over here. He had a book that was kind of like that, that one of his uncles got him. Yeah. And he I re- read the cover off it. He read it front to back, page to page, like 500 times until it was falling apart. And he would walk behind his mom. As, did you know? Did you know? She's like, no. No, I didn't know. Why would I know that? Why? Why would I know that? Well, if you'd fucking read this book. <laughs> Mom, if you read this, you would know that you this viper has that the, the longest. The viper has three inch fangs that are about as long as your pinky finger. <laughs> and that they fold up into this head. And when he goes to strike you, they roll out. Mm-hmm. So Picture I, your pinky finger going through your fucking arm. That's horrifying. Two of them. Just... That's horrifying. Yep. So when I told her I ordered him that, she was like, why would you do that to yourself? And I said, well, just so you know, because we do Christmas as his family Christmas morning and we open our presents from each other then. I was like, he's opening at your house. So we both get to experience together. And she yep. said, thank you. Love you too. But back to more important things at hand. Rush proclaimed that radical change was needed and believed that crime was a moral disease. Furthermore, he, oh, I already read that, but we'll go through it again. Let me. May fast forward. Furthermore, he suggested that a house of repentance would be a place where prisoners could meditate on their crimes, experience spiritual remorse, and undergo rehabilitation. The plan was built around the idea of solitary confinement that would allow criminals to meditate on their crimes and involved no corporal punishment. The other men agreed, and the method which became known as the Pennsylvania system would be utilized at Eastern State Penitentiary and other facilities throughout the world. Yep. The Philadelphia Society of Elevating the Miseries of Public Prisons survives today, now called the Pennsylvania Prison Society, which promotes correctional reform and social justice. Yep. The men soon convinced the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and started their work at the Walnut Street Jail in 1790. A small penitentiary house with 16 solitary cells was built. The inmates were segregated by sex and crime, vocational workshops were instituted to occupy the prisoner's time, mm-hmm. and much of the abusive behavior was abolished. But the facility was still overcrowded, and as the city's population increased, so did the crime. Right. It's hard to picture a prisoner just sitting there, let's say, sewing pants. I mean, that's... Yeah, they've got to do something. I mean, they do it today. I think yeah. today, one of the big like prison jobs is they make license plates. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like a really... Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really bum it out here, but... It basically is modern slavery. Yeah. Uh, you know, slave labor of, well, we've got these guys locked up, unable to do anything. Let's at least put them to work, huh? Yeah. And they earn a and, little bit of money because they're able to buy like cigarettes and snacks from their convenience store. Yeah, they earn having. cents on the hour. Yeah, I think I read somewhere where... For the commissary. Like, for example, I think the people who make license plates make like $3 an hour or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, well... All right, well, and do they get to take that money with them when they leave? I don't believe so. Yeah, exactly. I think it's all... It's not actual money. It's not actual money. They just use it to make them feel like they're able to... Yeah, do something. Do something. Yeah. Though it would be decades before a new prison was built, the ground was broken for the Eastern State Penitentiary in a cherry orchard outside the city in 1822. 
Designed by British-born architect John Hallivand, the penitentiary would be unlike any seen before with seven single-level cell block wings radiating from a central surveillance hub from which one guard could see down all the cell blocks. Hallivand was inspired by English prisons and asylums built beginning in the 1780s and gave it a neo-Gothic look. The building's imposing facade was meant to be intimidating. Although its battlements and windows were fake, its interior was designed much like a church. Though it was seven years before it would be completed, the penitentiary opened in 1829 with an initial capacity of 250 inmates. Every prisoner would have his own 8 by 12 foot cell, which featured central heating, a flush toilet, running water, a shower bath, a skylight, and private exercise yard. That's intense. Yeah. Like when you think about our prisons today. Yeah. I don't know how big a cell is. Right. But they definitely, they have a toilet. Yeah. But they definitely don't. a toilet and a sink. Yeah. Toilet, sink, and bed. Yeah. But they definitely don't have any of the other good stuff. Yeah. Depending, I mean, it's not a, I don't believe it's a staple or a requirement, but some of them might have a window looking inward at the yard, you know. Yeah. The cells that face outside. Yeah. So I'm like. To at least get you some sunlight. Yeah. So, but like, so for each cell to have a skylight was nice. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. From the minute the inmates entered the facility, they were kept isolated. They were escorted into the prison with an eyeless hood placed over their heads. Afterward, the isolation continued so they could re- contemplate their crimes and read the Bible, which would lead to penance and reformation. Mm-hmm. To accomplish this goal, inmates could not mingle with other prisoners or continue relations with friends and family outside. When they were outside their cells, they were required to wear masks to hide their faces in their private exercise yards, which they were allowed to use one hour per day with minimized interactions with the guards. During their time in their cells, they worked on prison projects such as shoemaking or weaving. Their only contact was with the warden, who was required to visit every inmate every day, and the overseers, who were mandated to see each inmate three times a day. Wow. But even this communication was made through a small portal where meals and work materials were passed. Yes, yeah, so they basically were all in solitary confinement. Yeah. But you figure that's what he said he wanted when he started this whole prison thing. Yeah. So he thought solitary confinement would lead to meditation yeah. to how they would repent for the crimes that they committed. And now instead it fosters antisocial behavior. Yeah. Drives people crazy. Yeah. Humans don't do well in solitary confinement. Yeah, solitary confinement. is a form of psychological punishment. Mm-hmm. But just two years later, in 1831, it was already clear that the penitentiary would have to hold more criminals. Soon, second floors were added to all the wings. The same year, the first female prisoner was confined in the penitentiary. Like, damn, we need more space. Yeah. In 1832, the first inmate made his escape from the prison. For some reason, this inmate was (laughs) not... For some reason. For some reason. Who knows why he wanted to get out? This inmate was not entirely confined to solitude and served as the warden's waiter. Oh, okay. He made his escape by lowering himself from the roof of the front building. He was later captured and returned, but escaped in the same way in 1837. <laughs> well, it worked the last time. There's a quote that I have in here. We'll get to it. Made by Charles Dickens mm-hmm. that really tickled Tickles me. <laughs> by the time the original plan was completed in 1836, the building was the largest and most expensive public structure ever erected in the United States at the cost of 780000 which would equal to which would equate to more than 18 million today. Yeah. At that time its cost was believed to have been second only to the US Capitol. Wow. The Pennsylvania system was opposed by the Auburn system known as the New York system which held that prisoners should be forced to work together in silence and could be subjected to physical punishment. 
This system was favored in the United States. Yep. Regardless of the cost and the disfavor of other systems, delegates from around the world came to study the... Pennsylvania system. Mm-hmm. The radial floor plan. Oh, okay. And the system of solitary confinement, and it became the model for more than 300 prisons worldwide. Mm-hmm. Here's my quote from Charles Dickens. Okay. Some are not convinced of the method. Charles Dickens, after a visit in 1842, wrote critically... I am persuaded that those who design this system do not know what it is that they are doing. I hold the slow and daily temp- tampering with the mysteries of the brain to be immeasurably worse than any torture of the body. Whoa. Yeah. I just appreciate that Charles Dickens went in there and went, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's right. He's, you know, it's the yeah, same thing we right, were talking yeah. about of like the solitary confinement is arguably worse. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, you figure, I distinctly remember as a kid, uh, mom asking myself, like, basically, do you want, you know, do you want spanked on the butt or do you want to be, you know, grounded? You got to go sit in the, you know, time out. And I said, spank me. Yeah. Because I don't want to go sit in the corner by myself for, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. Just spank me and get it over with. Yeah. Just let me, let me get this. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, it's quick. It, It hurts for a second or it's, you know, it's shocking or whatever. And then I'm done. Yeah. But to be by yourself with your thoughts for too long, that's yeah. much worse. Yeah. Because I'm kind of the same way. I'm a loner, so I don't mind being by myself, but I always have something to occupy my time. I'm a creep. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I always have something I'm to occupy my time. Like, I love to read. So I've always had a book with me or, you know, tablets when they came about. Like my iPad now is yeah, usually what if that book was only always the Bible? with me. Oh God! But no offense to that, you can you can yeah. only read it so many times before you're like, I can't do this anymore. Right? Yeah, you only had the one book. You only had the one book. But growing up, it wasn't often that I got grounded, but because I love to read so much, my punishment was I had to sit down here by myself. <laughs> I had to socialize. I I had to socialize, and like I wasn't allowed to watch TV. And I couldn't read. Yeah. So it was, it was just me down here. And I'm like, it was usually my mom grounding me and my yeah. dad coming home from work going, what happened? Yeah. And I would tell him and usually be like, oh, she, Morgan's fine. She's learned her lesson. But I couldn't handle just sitting there by myself yeah. with nothing to do outside of reading the Bible. Anyway, by the 1870s, the prison needed more space, and four new cell blocks were added in 1877 between the existing wings. Before long, the individual exercise yards were eliminated, and inmates exercised together, but they were still required to wear masks and be silent. (laughs) (laughs) Though the reform plan of the Pennsylvania system called for no corporal punishment, this was not the case. Guards and counselors were known to have designed various physical and psychological torture regimens for various infractions. One of these called the water bath subjected inmates to being doused with water outside during winter months and then hung on a wall until ice formed on their skin. Jesus. Another torture called the mad chair in which prisoners were bound tightly for days until their circulation was cut off. The iron gag involved tying an inmate's hands behind the back with a chain trapped to an iron collar and the mouth, which designed the tongue to tear and bleed. Oh my God. Under block number 14 was dug an underground cell that was called the hole. Here inmates would stay locked sometimes for weeks with no light, no human contact, with only bread and water to eat. 
Due to overcrowding, the Eastern State Penitentiary eliminated the Pennsylvania system of isolation and penance in 1913. Afterward, prisoners then shared cells, worked together, and even played in organized sports. Mm -hmm. By the 1920s, the prison housed some 2,000 prisoners, and more cells were built, including some below ground. The windowless cells then had nothing to do with penance and everything to do with punishment. By this time, every cell was called home to two to three prisoners. In 1923, all female prisoners were, were removed and sent to the new prison in Muncie. Yeah. In July 1923, Leo Callahan and five accomplices armed with pistols successfully used a ladder they had built to scale the east wall after holding up a group of unarmed guards. Callahan's accomplices were eventually apprehended, including one that made it as far as Honolulu, Hawaii. Holy shit. However, Callahan was never recaptured. Yeah. That man made it to Hawaii. Hawaii. From Pennsylvania. From Pennsylvania. In what year? Uh, 1923. Damn. Yeah. But I like that Eastern State was like, we're not stopping until we get <laughs> until him. Until we get that son of a bitch. Well, he's a fugitive from the federal yeah. law. Yeah. By the time the prison was housing, by this time, the prison was also housing violent criminals and those sentenced to be executed. In 1933, a riot occurred in the prison over insufficient recreational facilities, overcrowding, and idleness. During this event, inmates set fires in their cells and destroyed workshops. The very next year, another riot occurred, this time over low wages. The prisoners short-circuited electrical outlets, started fires, and caused other disturbances. In 1945, 12 men escaped through a 97-foot-long tunnel built by Clarence Kleinnest, who worked as a prison plasterer. The men were quickly recaptured and returned to the prison. In 1959, a new cell block was opened to house violent criminals. The last cell block to be built was the only one with electric doors. Though the prison housed those on death row, no executions ever took place at the prison. In 1961, an inmate named John Klasenberg tricked a guard into opening another inmate's cell, and he and the other prisoner overpowered the guard to begin the largest riot in prison's history. It took several hours for a large force of police, guards, and state troopers to reclaim the prison. Goddamn. The riot-fueled discussions to close the Eastern State Penitentiary, which had since been renamed the State Correctional Institution of Philadelphia. Right. In addition to overcrowding, the prison was badly deteriorating. In January 1970, the prison closed, and the inmates were sent to a State Correctional Institution at Gratterford. After a riot at after a riot at a prison in Holmesburg, the prison again housed some of those inmates. In 1971, it was officially closed forever. Yeah, it's up on a hill. Yeah. If you've ever been to Philadelphia, you can see it up in those kind of like overlooks sections of the town. That's horrifying. of the city. Yeah. That, that'd be terrifying, especially, you know, back when it was initially built, just that massive prison yeah. looming over yeah, the city. Yeah, it's kind of ominous where it's like... Better behave, little Timmy, or you'll end up in end up the big house. In the big house up there on the hill. Yeah. Well, that's like in the state that we live in. There's a city that we drive into. Ohio, we said it. Oh, yeah. We live in Ohio. But there's a city that we drive into, and there is an old um, asylum that sits off to the side. Mm -hmm. It's used now for, it's like their city hall, which, oh, I, okay. find, which I find odd. Yeah. But it's massive. And every time we drive past it, all I can picture is, you know, back in the 70s and 80s when it was still being used as an, right. as an institution. Yeah. Just driving past and seeing all the guards and all the patients out there. And 
If it's City Hall, one could argue it's still where they put the crazies, am I right? Nah. <laughs> the mentally infirm. <laughs> Makes they, me... <laughs> they ruined my friends. <laughs> Herbie Wells. <laughs> Makes me think of Parks and Rec with Ron Swanson when little Sebastian dies. Yeah. And another bureaucrat, eh? Yeah, because the flags are at half mast. He thought, excellent, another bureaucrat bit the dust. I found out it was little Sebastian <laughs> at half mast is too, too damn, damn high. high. Show some damn respect. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, over the course of his 142 years, the penitentiary held some 75,000 inmates, including Prohibition-era gangster Al Capone and notorious bank robber Willie Sutton. More than 100 inmates escaped during this time, but all were recaptured except for Leo Callahan. Good for Callahan. Good for Callahan. Fucking fight the man. That's who our corgi's named after. Not that guy. You don't know. I do. It's Dirty Harry Callahan. Who she's named after. Maybe. While the prison was operating, two guards and several inmates were murdered within the walls. Other prisoners committed suicide and hundreds of others died from disease and old age. Named a National Historic Landmark in 1965, the prison sat abandoned after it was closed, during which time it was heavily vandalized and trees began to grow in the buildings. The city of Philadelphia purchased the property intending to redevelop it, proposals including demolishing the building to use the site as a criminal justice center, mm -hmm. a mall, or a luxury apartment <laughs> complex. <laughs> you know, that's the most capitalist American thing I've ever heard. Hey, this prison where horrible things happened and people rioted because they hated being here. And all those people died. All those people died. What if we turn it into a shopping center, huh? Let's put a mall here. Let's make some money. Or the luxury, luxury apartment complex. Yeah. yeah. The only thing more American would be if they like were like, what if we gentrified this bitch and we build affordable housing income and, you know, through economic powers and the, you know the powers that be will get only a certain subsection of people to live in that area and it's like well, congrats you've congrats. put the same people there. Good to go. That would be the only thing more yeah. American is let's tear down a prison and build a poor you know low income housing. Yeah. But no, that tickled me when I was <laughs> a mall. when I was writing this out, and it said they wanted to put a justice center. I was like, I can see it. Yeah, makes sense. A mall or a luxury, <laughs> or a luxury apartment apartments. complex. Like, yeah, there you go. There it is. There it is. But in 1988, a task force successfully petitioned the city to stop pursuing development, and in 1994, the Pennsylvania Prison Society opened the prison for historic tours. Mm -hmm. Today, the Eastern State Penitentiary, kept in a state of preserved ruin, yep. continues to operate as a museum and historic site. It is open year-round for tours and special events are held throughout the year. Mm -hmm. I hear they do like an awesome haunted house. Yeah. Like Mansfield does one. Yeah. If I wasn't such a chicken, I would go to the Mansfield. <laughs> I, don't know. I thought you were going to say bitch. <laughs> if I wasn't such a little bitch. I wasn't bitch. such a little bitch. I'm like, whoa. My parents might agree with you because they've been, and you, they've been yeah. in numerous haunted houses with me where I'm like, I can't do it. My dad's words were always, they're not real. Oh. Were was, you were you drowning? I was drowning on an ice cube, or choking on an ice cube, but luckily they melt. <laughs> I forget what, who said it or what, but it was always funny to me that if you ever find yourself choking on an ice cube, just wait a second. Just wait a second. <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll melt. You're fine. It'll melt. Don't panic. Just wait a minute. That's exactly what I just had to do. So I blame my lack of courage at haunted houses on my dad. Because one of my dad's best friends owns a huge haunted maze in our area of Ohio. And every year, obviously be like, 
you got you and your family have to come. You're going to be the first one to go through it this year. I've got because he there's a huge like convention in Chicago for people who own haunted houses. Okay. To get like all new animatronics or whatever and show you the next coolest thing that's out there for him. And he'd always go and get them. But you, when you sign your waiver for a haunted house, you sign that they can't touch you. Right. Well, because we always got a front row, my dad, like, by the way, Morgan's petrified of this, so just reach out and touch her with it. So I'd be walking through, and they'd be yelling. This is my young daughter. Feel free to touch her. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> I know. So I'd be walking through, and they'd be yelling my name, and one of them would reach out and, like, grab my shoulder or, like, touch like i'd walk by and they'd like graze my arm with <laughs> with something and it would terrify me and there one year there was this circle of clowns in a tent and they all came at my mom and i would chainsaw screaming our name and i'm like this is traumatizing because yeah, no anyone shit. cares so that's my little that's my last side note uh, anyways anyways in addition to its Long history. I must say, in addition to its long ass history. <laughs> in addition to this goddamn long story. In addition to this fucking story, the penitentiary is said to be the most haunted prison in the United States. For years, it has been investigated by paranormal groups and has been featured in several television shows. These investigators, staff, and visitors have reported dozens of paranormal activities and numerous sightings of ghostly entities. One of the first stories told by ghostly activities told of ghostly activity was by famed Chicago gangster Al Capone, who was housed in the prison for eight months in 1929 to 1930. Though he had the nicest cell in the prison, which included a desk, a lamp, paintings, and a radio, he said he was haunted by the ghost of James Clark, who was one of the victims of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago. Allegedly, Capone screamed every night in fright, screaming at Jimmy to go away and leave him alone. My God. Capone also had syphilis, so... That's fair. So who knows? Yeah, he was. He just had, you know, parts of his brain that had been eaten away. That could be true. It's true. Or the ghost of Jimmy Clark yeah. was in there taunting him every night. No. Al Capone. <laughs> that Al. Play. <laughs> it's just the Warriors. Capone. <laughs> the, the bottles on his fingers. Clink, 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 clink. Come out to play. In the 1940s, both prisoners, and that's how we won Blockbuster, okay? Yeah. Our one brain cell working together. In the 1940s, both prisoners and guards began to have several unusual experiences and unexplained sightings. Many of these events involved spooky shadows and unexplained noises. Not spooky shadows. Not spooky shadows. Fuck anything but spooky shadows. Ah! <laughs> how am I supposed to sleep with spooky shadows? With spooky shadows. Today, yeah, many people like Capone tossing and turning <laughs> his screen. God damn it, Jimmy. Get out of here. And Jimmy's just like Capone. They burned my friend. They burned my friend. <laughs> Today, many people have reported that cell block 12 is an area of high paranormal activity where cackling and whispers are heard. And the apparition of a prisoner is seen in cell block six. Shadowy figures are often seen sliding along the walls, and the shadows of whispers, screams, and laughter have been heard. There's those. Shadowy figures again. Goddamn creepy shadows. In subblock four, many have seen ghostly anguished faces and hearing loud whispers. On one occasion, a locksmith working in this area who was removing an old lock from a cell door had a vivid experience. 
He described having felt as if he was overcome by a massive force and was unable to move or speak, while distorted forms swirled around the cell block, one of which appearing to beckon to him. Come in and play. It was old Jimmy, what was his name? Uh, Jimmy Grits or something? Oh, fuck. Uh, Jimmy Cheese Grits. No. James, Jimmy Clark. Clark. I was close. I was like, Jimmy the Grits Clark. I hope that was his name. Yeah. I love old gangster names because they're like yeah, right. that. Where they're just, yeah. This is Jimmy the Cheese Grits Clark. <laughs> this is Jimmy. I like syrup with my grits, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> just can you imagine that's his claim to fame as a fucking gangster? <laughs> this is Jimmy. I put butter in my grits, Clark. They just call him Buttery Grits for short. Yeah. Old Butter Grits. <laughs> old Butter old Grits butter over grits there. Clark. <laughs> <laughs> This is Jimmy Double Knotts' Shoes Clark. <laughs> this is Jimmy Only It's Grape Jelly Clark. This is Jimmy Mittens. This is Jimmy Mittens Clark because he wears mittens in the winter. I'm like that's this that's what he's known for. That's what he's known he's for. He's not Jimmy the Fix. He's not. We all wear mittens when it's cold. My my fingers get chilled. <laughs> Many people have reported seeing the silhouette of a guard in one of the watchtowers. Mm-hmm. On the third floor of one cell block, numerous visitors say they've heard the sound of cell doors suddenly opening and then slamming shut. The catwalk is an area where many paranormal events have occurred. Here, a shadow figure was caught on a video. People have felt extreme temperature fluctuations, and one visitor captured a male voice saying, I'm lonely on an EVP. That would be horrifying. That was just me. <laughs> I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just Capone. It was Jimmy Cheese it was Grits. Jimmy Cheese Grits. Clark. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Visitors and staff report disembodied screams, cries of pain, sadistic laughter, and whispers throughout the prison. I feel like that's just me on a Wednesday. Yeah. Others have reported the sounds of cell door handles jiggling, furniture being dragged across floors, large objects rolling on the roof, and ghostly footsteps. Many have seen sudden orbs or streaks of light appearing, felt unseen people tapping them on the shoulder, get overwhelming sensations of being watched, and generally having feelings of dread. My God. My God. So that's uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. What'd you think? I liked it. Did you have fun? I did. We should go tour it. I agree. I learned that the word penance is the, <laughs> the, the root of penitentiary. Yeah. I'm glad that's all you absorbed today. Out of that, yeah, well, I knew a lot of that stuff already. Yeah. You've been to the Eastern State Penitentiary, haven't you? I didn't go in it, no, but I've I've seen it. I'd like to go and see the it. The one that I've been to is the... Um, you went to the Asylum, the asylum in, West, in Virginia. West Virginia. It is called the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's literally called like the... like. Something for the insane. Yeah. God damn it. But I'd like to tour Eastern State just to see it. But, uh. Hold, hold, hold. Okay. Hold, please. Hold, please. Everybody drink some coffee. Call it a day. And you didn't just caffeine to counteract the alcohol. There it is. I knew it was like a. Where you're like, Jesus, that's not kosher it's called the trans-allegheny lunatic asylum yes yeah lunatic i couldn't think of like what the outdated term was it's never good to call somebody you should talk about that one next yeah well next the largest stone cut building in the united states 
I do remember that because you were so excited to tell me that. Second largest in the world. Only two. The Taj Mahal? No, the Kremlin. The Kremlin. That's right. I said it first, the Kremlin. <laughs> the, the Taj Mahal? The Taj Mahal. They burned my friends. <laughs> they burned my friends. <laughs> Herbie, get back here. Herbie Welsh. This is Private Herbie Welsh reminding you to keep your socks dry. <laughs> With GI Radio. <laughs> With GI Radio reminding you, keep your socks dry. <laughs> anyway, if you enjoyed this and would like to hear any more of Colin and I sharing a brain cell, you can reach me at a couple o creeps at gmail.com. That's the letter A, couple o creeps at gmail.com. And next week, we're going to talk about Judy, Bur- Judy Burano. Who's Judy Burano? She's another female who was executed. <laughs> Is this just the, the show's become as. Well, no, but. Every other week, we talk about executed well, I ladies. I told you we would. I didn't know that we were doing all of them just. Well, we'll do her, and then I'll do a couple weeks without. We'll do a hiatus. Not on the show, but on yeah. executed ladies yeah. in the States. And so when I'm reading about them, I always enjoy, I like skip. It's their last meals. It's their you last meals. Right their last meals. I do. I want to see. And I can't remember 100%, but she's another one that must be washing her waistline on the day of her execution. Because yeah, just... she had like a peach, a banana, an apple, some celery. She had a bunch of vegetables. She ate real light. She ate real light. And I'm like, bitch, put no. down a filet mignon. Yeah. You know, the cheese puffs and Coke from our first one, I get. Yeah, cheese doodles. Cheese doodles, yeah. And a Coke. And a Coke. She died she met, with cheese She met the creator finger. with cheesy doodles on her <laughs> on shirt her. and fingers. <laughs> she wiped her, went to shake hands with, uh, <laughs> oh God, who, who watches the Gates? Saint Nicholas. No. Why you think on that? A last side note, and then we'll end this for this week. And a few years ago for Halloween, his Colin's mom went as a Walmart person. Anyone who lives around a Walmart understands the type Saint of Peter, duh. Understands the type of the type of people we see sometimes. And she came downstairs and had on like a white tank top with a bright blue bra underneath and some leggings and her makeup was all smeared and stuff. And I said, You're missing something. And she's like, what? And I ran Cheeto. I ran over and we at the we don't really eat Cheetos, but we had a bag of Cheetos. And I said, put your fingers in there and then wipe it down your shirt. Wipe it all over your shirt and lips. (laughs) And she's like, I'm like, yes. And we had to stop somewhere and get alcohol on our way to the party. Put a fake tattoo. Put a fake tattoo on her chest on her chest, and I believe it said mom. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. And we went through the drive-thru to get alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. And you're his mom. And she looks you know, it's like (laughs) Unfortunately, because of the area you live in, it's like, well, you can't assume either way. Yeah. You know, like if that person yeah. had been like, I like your costume. And she went, what costume? What costume? They'd be like, oh, um, oh no. It's like assuming someone's pregnant. Yeah. You know, what are you do? What do you mean? Uh. But we could not quit laughing because we were all going to the same Halloween party. And she was just so upset. She's like, what if he thinks I look like this every day? Yeah, I'm like, well. I'm like, we sh- well, in that case, we should have came early today before we got dressed up. Yeah, right. It's, over- it's too late now. Yeah, it's over and done. But that's enough of our tangent. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone had a great New Year's Eve and, you know, we stick to our resolutions. Colin, I've got a few that we want to work on. But anyway, I hope you guys have just the best week. And as always, stay creepy, my friends. <laughs>